When looking for the king of podcasts, you're at the wrong channel. Well, excuse me! Looking for good ideas for life? You're far from good hands. Hey, bud, what's your problem? If you think the listener is always right, you're far from the right place. Out of order! Even in the future, nothing works! Hosted by a Northeasterner by birth, but a rebel by choice. Are you threatening me? If you want a host that floats between love and madness, and we know the night is always gonna be here anyway. Thinking of you's working up my appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Then play on and listen to Crazy Train Radio. All right, guys, uh, listen to the blues riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? Warning, creators of this game do understand the subject matter may be offensive to some, but they do honor the families and people that have been affected by these real-life tragedies that these individuals have caused. Wanna play a game? Oh yeah! Lover of true crime? Yes, yes, yes. Well, we got an interesting game for you to check out. Wow. With the mashup of influences such as horror movies, collecting cards, and RPGs. What? Led to giving birth to an incredible creation of this game. Killers, the card game. You are all my children now. This game is a collectible trading card game featuring some of the most infamous killers with tidbits of trivia on the back of each card to help you learn some insight to each criminal. Who the hell are you? Let's not forget, during the game, cops will be chasing you and these criminals. I'm a cop, you idiot! However, check out their website listed through all social media today, which can be found under Killers, the card game. Am I on the internet? I want to play a game. Hey, I'm Casey Hartnett from Terrifier 2, and you're listening to Crazy Train Radio. your least favorite host in the podcast world, Croc, Jonathan Steele. Boy, do we have a good one for you today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, 
I'm actually happy to speak with this one. Not only because the little pale girl said I would love Casey, but I was excited because of the obvious reason for probably going to be one of the most uh, iconic murder scenes in modern horror. And that being, as you know, Terrifier 2. But there's a lot I can dive into. And if the one thing that I read on the infamous internet is true, I'm kind of jealous, but we'll get into that. The guest, Miss Casey Hartnett. Casey, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me. How are you? All right. Well, I'll get it out of the way, you know, because I was telling another and hopefully you'll become one. But I was telling a actress friend of the show who's involved with a several different franchises. Mm-hmm. But one being the Rob Zombies Halloween. Mm-hmm. She speaks, and I say I was jealous because she speaks four different languages. Got and it. I always appreciated her smarts in that aspect she's a great person all around but i always agree <laughs> we we yeah. were ha- we were having drinks at a convention one night at the vip mm-hmm. party it's like damn I, i'm jealous so yeah. long long-winded story i read or you may speak a little french is that true we should put for the dummies like me the answer is yes <laughs> Yes. Well, <laughs> but where did you uh, learn that? In my, in Christina's yeah. place, she came up with, came up from parents that were from other countries and everything else like that. And so we are in a bilingual household or where? No, actually. Well, I mean, I wasn't in a bilingual household, but my family moved to Paris when I was two for my dad's job. So um, it was, I kind of got acquainted with the language at a very young age. So um, I am still learning the language um, because I didn't speak it consistently growing up. Um, But I started um, really getting acquainted with it when I was two in France. And then when we moved back to the States, um, I took classes in school from fourth grade on. So um, I was, you know, speaking it in school, trying to trying to speak it consistently at school. But um, I think because I started learning it at a young age that I have, I just gained kind of an ear for it, you know. But um, I don't know, because <laughs> my parents are not like fluent. I don't really consider myself fluent. I'm, I can, I'm, you know, more conversational. I'm trying to work on becoming more fluent in French, but um, my parents are not fluent at all. (laughs) They just lived there for a year and know some French, but they're not like, we don't speak at home. (laughs) So it makes sense. Yeah. So again, with everything on the internet and Mm -hmm. yes, folks, we will get to Terrifier shortly, but there's more as I like to say, there's more layers to the onion than just one small snippet. And yeah. that's what we like to do here on this particular show. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I was reading, acting like I know how to anyway. It was a big picture book on online. 
but I saw two things. You were you grew up a big horror fan and love Halloween, which is ironic because the movie <laughs> came out there. But yeah. also you have time to celebrate now because as we speak, it's December 5th and mm -hmm. your birthday is in December. So true. <laughs> would you say from October on is a uh, very good uh, exciting period for you? Yeah, I mean, I do, of course, love Halloween. And I have a lot of family members who have birthdays in October and then some friends as well. I know three people, including my brother, who have um, birthdays on October 30th. I have another friend whose birthday is October 31st. Um, so and then my other family members have some October birthdays. And then, of course, the holidays you know, we're in the holiday mood after that Thanksgiving, my birth. I'm very, I ha I'm very adamant about making time to celebrate my birthday before celebrating holiday things. <laughs> okay. Um, in December, I'm like, there has to be a moment, like sometimes I'll combine it. Like I love Christmas lights and things like that, but sometimes I'm like, I, I, this is, this is a birthday thing, but it happens to be around the holidays where we get lots of nice, pretty lights at the same time. So, yeah, it's, I, yeah, I do like the fall. <laughs> well, with that being said, as far as taking time out for yourself to mm -hmm. celebrate your birthday, whatever, with the lights and stuff, is there anything else you like to do to, whether it's a uh, theater thing or get a massage or do you know is there something that you like to do whether it be entertainment or for mm -hmm. your both physical mental health whatever the case is that you yeah like to do to take a moment to because we don't all do that at, a lot of times so that's true that's true we don't um i would say for me i my favorite thing I love cafes for some reason, and I love going and just having like a croissant or a cappuccino at a cafe, um, just having an easy morning. Um, and then maybe from there going to a museum or something, um, or I do love going to plays. So that's also something that I've done um, on, you know, just to for myself. Um, but museums, theater, I love all of that. And I love just having a nice, easy cafe moment <laughs> as well, well. Let me ask this with that. And like a lot of the folks from the movie, I know are based in the New York area. So would you mm -hmm. be the same based in New York where there's a lot of cafes, a lot of theater, a lot of different things like that? Yeah, well, I'm... Yes, but I'm also from Chicago. So you usually, have a little bit of that. Yeah. So in Chicago also has all of that as well. Um, so I'm sort of Chicago and New York. And those two cities are the cities that I know the best. And really. yeah. now that you say that, and I'm paying attention, you got <laughs> the uh, image of the iconic bridge from Chicago yes. from the, behind you. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're taping this on video, <laughs> folks. So as she said that, I go, oh, I know that image behind her. Yep. So. That is the Chicago River. Yes. <laughs> and I'm sure most folks know St. Patty's Day, they might try to dye oh, the gosh. water green. And you know, mm -hmm. that's, a, that's a whole nother story for another time. <laughs> 
True. Chicago is a cool place for St. Patty's Day. It's also it can be cold though. Yes, and we're mm-hmm. starting a field here in a little bit in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I had to go pick up a package from a UPS today. I was like, "Ooh, bitter cold this yeah. morning." So mm-hmm. it's that time. <laughs> it, yeah, go figure. December, but <laughs> yep. You mentioned some birthdays in October and stuff like that. So like brother and other people, you know, Mm. is that where the fascination for ghosts and liking being scared come from? I don't think so. Um, I think it's just, I have always just sort of liked being thrilled and have liked adrenaline rushes. (laughs) Um, so I and she makes like, movies at a young age too, but that's, <laughs> go ahead. I did, I did. Um, yeah, I've been writing since I was a kid, but, um, I, yeah, I think that it just comes from who, wherever, I don't really know where that comes from, where I'm just like, I love being thrilled and excited. Like I went on, you know, roller coasters from a young age and loved roller coasters, still love roller coasters. But and then love being scared. I love challenging things to scare me, like f- horror movies and haunted houses. I will like, I'm, I'm I challenge it. I need I need a really good haunted house. <laughs> uh, well, have you ever been to? Because you say that. Sorry, I had a a co-host who it happens to be a dentist from time to time. Uh, oh, email me. I said. <laughs> I gotta come at he but thing is he's in California and I said I gotta get come see you to fix a tooth. So uh I see. <laughs> yeah. But uh yeah, that's, that's a good friend. <laughs> yeah, I good friend to have. It's funny how we get older. We <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's not so much the cool kids, it's the hey mm-hmm. we we make friends with lawyers and doctors and dentists. Exactly. And, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that yeah, that's here and there, that's another conversation, like I said, for another day. <laughs> but I know you studied film in college yeah. mm-hmm. and also you've done theater work as well. Then yes. recently you've done Terrifier 2, which I'm working my way to folks. Relax. I know <laughs> I'll, I know I'll get a message or an email and all that fun stuff, but <laughs> so what is the biggest difference you would say that you've noticed? Because mm-hmm. obviously in- you can only, you, you've only, you can only speak from your perspective, obviously, that right. uh, theater where you got to project and everything else like that mm-hmm. to working a camera, say, like what we're on now. Yeah. I mean, I will say as an actor, um, when you're doing a play, not a musical, if you're doing like a play versus a film, I don't particularly think there is an insane amount of difference um, as an actor. I think that as long as you're putting your full, um, you know, your full, you're fully present and putting everything into that, um, as that role as truthfully as possible. Um, I do say that one of the, I mean, with, when it comes to projection and volume, that is probably one of the differences with theater um versus film because in film you do you are able to play more with the volume of your voice a bit um and still be heard but um that is probably the biggest difference but I think in the general performance as an actor um as long as the emotional truth is there um the performance will be um honest 
and believable and, um, you know, do the story justice. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, I feel like doing something like the scene from Terrifier <laughs> that we will talk about, um, that doing something like that feels more theatrical because it's so big. Um, but you have to still uh, find the ways to put that on. But it's still a different type of performance on film because you're not doing it consistently throughout the whole uh, three minutes or however long it was. Um, so, but the, but yeah, I feel like that it's, you know, just cause that was such a big moment. So sometimes I'm like, it's not uh, insanely different, but there are small differences, um, technical differences. I think, I think it's more yeah. technical than craft as an, as an actor, if that makes sense. Yeah. And taking a script from mm -hmm. the page to whatever medium you're working with. Right. And like I said, I actually just released my chat with Emily. Excuse me. I know mm -hmm. I, I butcher little pale girl. She was, such, <laughs> she was such a sweetheart. And yes. I mentioned that I was going to be talking to you today. And, you know, when we taped on Thursday or Friday, whatever it was last week. And mm -hmm. she had nothing but lovely things to say about everybody, but you and Lauren mm -hmm. and, Everybody seemed to take her under their wing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What was that She's like? Very sweet. Yeah. Very good kid. And yeah, you, know, you could tell. Yeah. I got it. I'm a gut thing person, you know. Yeah. From the Northeast kind of thing. You probably right. are familiar with it, but mm -hmm. I got good vibes on her. And it, totally. I mean that. I mean that appropriately before I get messages on that, folks. Uh, but yeah, there was just, you could tell she's got a good head on her shoulders for 13. So I think so. I agree. Yeah. So, yeah. Hope, hope things go well for her just as much as anybody else. But of course. Yeah. It helps that having a good head on her shoulders and everybody looking out for her too, mom and right. dad and everything else. But yep. for you, were you not aware of the first film or the shorts or anything like that before you auditioned for the role? Um, in all honesty, I was not. <laughs> I hadn't seen the movies um, and I hadn't um, apparently scrolled far enough on Netflix because I have friends. I have friends who had seen it and found it on Netflix and that's how they watched it. And apparently I was just completely in my own little bubble of Netflix, wherever, whatever I was watching. Um, but yeah, I hadn't seen it. So it was, I had no idea what to expect when I was auditioning, really. I had like a little bit of an idea because I do my research about everything I auditioned for. And I had watched the trailer at that point. But when I submitted for it, I was like, all right, <laughs> let's, uh, let's see how this goes. <laughs> Exactly. And out of the group, I would say I've known David the longest. Okay. But obviously Damien's cool. Just recently got a chance to meet Lauren and everything mm -hmm. else. And everybody I've dealt with from the dealt with Jenna and Catherine from the first film. Mm -hmm. Both lovely ladies as well. We did a watch along of the first one back in the summer. Nice. And what were your vibes when with the audition and obviously getting to meet 
Damien and, you know, just going through the whole process of, okay, here's the script. And what, yeah. what was your vibes when you first got deep into the waters here? Um, while I was auditioning or after I booked it? or well, both? <laughs> Auditioning and then getting into taking a job. Yeah. So I will say I really liked the scripts, the scenes that I was auditioning for with this, um, what I had read of the script. I really liked it and it was fun. And, um, you know, it was, uh, obvious. It was like scenes with Sienna of court. Well, obviously, but, um, it was, uh, yeah, what I had read of the script, I really liked. And then I did an in-person chemistry read with Lauren and was given the trick-or-treating scene um, as a cold read. And I sort of dove into that. Um, and then, and then I knew it was a horror film. So he had me do a screaming scene as well. Um, and so, but it, you know, it felt, you know, good i don't know the the vibe like every the energy was good um i felt like it was um obviously i knew it was an independent film but it it didn't feel like um like i I was excited for it you know i was like I, i had a good feeling the whole time i was auditioning and um i i don't know that was sort of a very strange thing where it was like my friend was just like I think you're gonna book this and I was like I don't know you know you never know with these things but um there's just some sort of energy the whole time where even like my friend was just like I and I don't like to jinx things but my friend was just like I think I really think you're gonna be in the next terrifier movie um and from there once I booked it and the first thing I did was had to like take a bus to New Jersey (laughs) um, to do a life cast of my whole body for the, um, the replica of Allie. Um, And that was, (laughs) that was the first time I had met Phil, who's one of the producers, the executive producer of the film um, who was helping Damien with a lot of the effects. And um, it was, funny like going to someone's house in New Jersey but I never felt sketched out like I was like this is fine you know because like sometimes you do an indie film and you're like where am I going (laughs) what's happening um but I don't know just the the whole energy they knew what they were doing and Damien is so talented and I saw that right from the beginning how talented he was with this stuff with the practical effects um and so I was just, yeah. And then the first, my first day on set was at the school and it was just a lot of fun. So, yeah, I mean, it was a good, and I could tell that everyone was very kind. And I mean, a lot of the people had known each other from the first movie. So um, like the crew, of course. So um, that it just felt the vibes were all very comfortable and family feeling. It really felt like a family the whole time. Now, you just brought up something in telling that story about the making it the cast of your body and such for the infamous death scene. And Mm -hmm. I'm curious to know, and didn't have time to ask Damien because it was a press junket for 15, 20 minutes where we could go in depth for it. 
but would you, when they said, all right, we're going to do this mold, you're going to go to, in this case, mm-hmm. a house in Jersey, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately. did they, now, do they tell you in prepping, obviously you're not going to go all dialed up and, you know, you know, the prettiest of outfits and whatever the case right. is, but is it, did they tell you, cause I don't know, I've seen process little clippings and behind the scenes stuff and all. But mm-hmm. do they tell you, hey, don't wear certain perfumes, don't do lotions, mm. don't, or watch your deodorant or watch it? Yeah, I mean, just I so. do's, and, do's and don'ts on what to have on you. Right. Yes. So um, I'm honestly trying to remember what exactly that was, but I think lotion is probably one of them. And I mean, of course, when he was applying certain prosthetics, like we didn't have makeup on that part of my face um and um I have a feeling he had said something about like lotions and deodorant I'm like trying to remember now it was so long ago but there were there yeah but there are definitely things that um you know you have to be be cautious of so that the prosthetic sticks (laughs) properly (laughs) and they get the proper mold and stuff you know Mm-hmm, I figured course. there would be so. Yep. Well, obviously, everybody heard the organic stories online of people passing out in the theater and getting sick and all right. that fun stuff. And yeah. I'm willing to bet it had to do with your death scene. It's very possible. <laughs> uh, just a just a guess here, but uh, yeah. I I never claim to be the smartest person in the room, but. <laughs> what was that like for you doing such a gnarly and graphic scene because it's I mentioned this like I said in the interview last week with your co-star and all and I mentioned Mm -hmm. Damien and a few other people privately too Mm -hmm. it's I always think of the line that writer director Adam Marcus told me Mm-hmm. in our conversation and a few and also in a few watch alongs mm-hmm. we've done with him it there's logic logic that we would use in our everyday life then there's movie logic and obviously i could spoil it here at this point folks it's been streaming the theaters <laughs> all that fun stuff but when you watch your death scene i'm going on one side of it how in the hell is this girl still alive? Then the uh-huh. line that Adam obviously said, movie logic, dummy, was kicking in my head. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's art and whatever. So what was that overall process like for you? Because obviously you talked about having the prosthetics made of you and everything to be able to shoot that, but there's also an emotional side to things mm-hmm. because you're screaming, you're getting abused and, you know, just everything that goes on in that scene mm-hmm. without the mental side of things, because, you know, right. hey, I'm being attacked on this, that, and the other. Right. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I mean, it's such a, it's such a good question and just acting can be very it's because it's so internal um, and so intuitive. It can sometimes be difficult to explain. So hopefully this makes sense. But um, I, 
I mean, for me, I mean, I, it's just pure like shock and horror in, in those moments and like screaming and trying to get away desperately. And so, I mean, going, it's just, it can be very like mentally and emotionally exhausting, of course. Um, and I think, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think like, obviously you're going to this dark place of like, oh my God, I'm being killed and I need to get away. But it's um, one of those things that you don't have time as a human, if you're in that situation to mentally prepare for that or to process it at all. Fight or so, flight. Right, exactly. So it's sort of like, I, that's how I treated that scene was like, we just have to go in. Like we're just going in and we're doing it um, because, um, and a lot of times that's what I do like with any sort of emotional prep for a scene in general, it's um, you do the preparation and then you show up, you've done the preparation, you kind of drop into the scene and kind of let it all go and see what happens. And so um, I didn't want to think about it too much. And I was like, let's just dive right in and just go for it because she doesn't have time to think about it. She doesn't have time to process it. Um, so that was kind of wild in a way, just a lot of screaming and a lot of just desperately trying to get away and in, in those moments. So um, that's sort of how I really treated it. And I think by the time we got to the part where I'm crawling on the floor, um, that was, I actually think, I tried two things with that. And I think the first thing that I tried was um, I really did try to be like really kind of, I was really upset in my mind, but then I was also like, but you're also in survival mode right now and you're crawling to your phone and you know, whatnot. So um, I, in that moment for me, I was, I don't know. I will say the most emotional moment for me though, was when I was, when he was chasing me up the stairs. Um, when we were doing that, I got really emotional. Um, but yeah, but then the other moments were just really a lot of screaming. <laughs> and I'm sure so, the, I know, obviously this wasn't filmed in one day. Right. Yeah. With all the makeup and just everything that goes with it. But mm -hmm. did you, you must have found yourself at the end of each shoot just mentally and physically exhausted. Like you said, the screaming uh, yeah. and the, the, mm -hmm. the physicality and the screaming and just everything that goes with it. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it is exhausting. Um, but I think, I don't know, for some reason when it's acting and it's, uh, I think I get, I, I, it was exhausting, but it's also thrilling <laughs> at the same time. So it's sort of this bizarre, like, because after I do something like that, um, and then I go back to reality, because, you know, I obviously go in and out of it, but um, I'm almost more energized because it's like oh my god i just did that um mm -hmm. as opposed to if i had been bawling my eyes out that exhausts me more so usually after i do a giant crying scene i need a nap but okay. after the screaming and the like 
all of that, all of the adrenaline for this particular scene, it was like, I was exhausted, but I also was like, I need to like, I was kind of awake at the same time. <laughs> and now from the mental side of things, and mm-hmm. like you said, there's people in the acting game or whatever react differently. Like you said, the crying scenes and stuff like that wear you out more and you need to nap and whatnot. And with the mm-hmm. scene, you had more energy. So at the end of the day, when they say cut, how would you say you bring yourself back to center? Now, can I, before you answer that, can I tell you the vibe I get from you? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. And I could be right, could be wrong. I'm usually pretty good with this stuff, but I would like to think that they call cut, get rid of the makeup and all that stuff, prosthetics, all that stuff. And obviously, I know you guys were all together because of COVID restrictions and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I get the vibe that it was, okay, I'm going to go get a shower, get cleaned up after a day's worth of work. Then I'm going to go get a glass of wine and something to eat and just try to come back to myself and be solo, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it does, does make seem, sense. Does that seem like something that you would normally do? Okay, I'm going to get cleaned up. I'm going to glass of wine something to eat you know and try to be Casey Um, of course it's uh it is something I do um (laughs) but in this case um to be perfectly honest with you like there are several like we were all also joking around on set all the time because it's just a fun group of people (laughs) and so Most of the time when we would call cut, first of all, it was really cold. So usually I would like go and like huddle in front of a heater before they had to turn it off again. Um, And then, but honestly, sometimes when they would call cut, um, I would be, I was tired and cold. So I would put all my clothes, like I would put my coat on, like put everything on and like get out of there as quickly as possible to go warm up. Um, And um but at the same time, like the prosthetics took so long to get off. So um, sometimes it was me just dancing around with the prosthetics, like still on, like there's a video of me with the arm dangling. Um, And I will say that I do kind of like to socialize after, um, like immediately after a scene to kind of like snap like snap back into reality a bit so I actually do like to socialize but then um I also like to but after that I like to be alone (laughs) yeah so it's sort of like okay we socialized here we are everything's fine this is you know um this is great and I it it I do think it helps take my mind off of it for sure but then, but then, yeah, I do also like to really separate myself from it. Um, like, uh, and yeah, a glass of wine is pretty accurate, but not, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, like, that is a good, like, yeah, I, after that, I do like to spend some alone time for sure. Yeah, you know, just to get to that mm-hmm. even keel kind of, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, just to relax but, though, it, also it, just to like. You know, power down hit hit that reset button you know just to because mm-hmm. we know we're gonna go and do it tomorrow 
know, exactly. Especially, yeah, especially with what yep. you were doing and accomplishing, mm-hmm. we got to be able to have that energy to come back tomorrow with that. So exactly. Yeah. Well, if you haven't seen the movie, go see the movie. I actually already pre-ordered a, my copy of the Blu-ray, which is cool. Uh-huh. So because I am <laughs> I am a fan at heart. I got cabinet yeah. full of movies and it's scary. Like love that. Yeah, I'm a movie and the cabinets of books. I gotta get another two bookshelves because mm-hmm. I get books all the time to read for the show and such. So uh-huh. Yep. Being a horror <laughs> f- yeah, it's yeah. That's it's, amazing. I love books. So I have way more books than I've even been able to read. So um yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got so much here that I gotta catch up on reading. It's just a matter of doing so. Mm-hmm. And I killed my camera as I did that, but uh not that it's a big deal, <laughs> but uh, obviously being a horror fan and such, and yeah, very well read with movies and everything else that you are. Obviously, there was a great response and anticipation for part two, mm-hmm. um, the fan base and everything else, and obviously COVID held things up. Right. Do you think? the anticipation for the film actually lived up to the finished product. I think so. Um, I, yeah, I really do. I mean, honestly, if we didn't have the pandemic and if we didn't have that much time, Allie's kill scene would have been way, would have been fairly different. Um, yeah. I've heard that. Mm-hmm, would have been very different. Um, it still would have been, crazy but it just would have been very different yeah i've heard Um, damien say that uh uh-huh yeah and so i think that there are quite a few things that really benefited from having that extra time um (laughs) so that damien could really work through that so i do think that the anticipation was um met with um a you know a good product (laughs) yeah i hope but i think so because obviously with the first film, and I joke about it with the, obviously, the hacksaw scene. And mm-hmm. it's like, I make the joke, it's like, yeah, it might not be a good doctor's appointment to go to, you know. <laughs> you see see somebody coming in with a saw, this might not be, yeah. You know, but, Mm-mm. you know, yeah, that's. No that, way. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, we can go, whatever. It's seven yeah. different directions with that and that. Damien, you sick and twisted bastard. I hate to see what you come up with with three, but <laughs> I tease. <laughs> yeah. I know my phone's going to ring soon as he hears it, but no. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be wild. Sick, yeah, that's, there's going to be something. That's, that sick and twisted mentality is going to certainly be mm-hmm. created in three and possibly four, the way he talks about it. Yeah. But anyway, go see the movie, folks, if you get an opportunity. But... Obviously, as we started this out with, we're getting into the holidays, your birthday's coming up, just everything Mm -hmm. that's going on as we sit here on December 5th. Yep. When we get back to work, what is next for Casey? Yeah, um, great question. I am still sort of figuring that out. There are a few projects that are in the in the early phases right now. So I'm um, hoping that I'll have more 
information and more news about that next year. There's a project I'm uh, involved with that we're trying to get produced right now um, in 2023. So uh, fingers crossed for that. I'm writing a couple of things, so we'll see where those go. But um, yeah, I mean, that's sort of where I'm at right now. <laughs> we'll see what happens uh, from here on out. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where all that goes. Well, since you said that, now I'll make this my last question. <laughs> what, what form of outlet do you like to do? Because obviously I knew this before we got into this, that you've done producing, you've done mm -hmm. writing, obviously you've done stuff as a performer mm -hmm. is there a certain outlet you enjoy more out of those big three yeah um i i really do enjoy think that i enjoy acting the most um i love writing um producing is more the business side so that to me can it, it, that to me is it's hard, you know, producing is hard. Um, of course, everything is not easy, but yeah, I would say acting. Um, whenever I'm whenever I'm working on the production side of things, I always am craving, I'm like, oh, I wanna, okay, next thing I have to act. <laughs> um, so I do crave acting more so than I crave the others. Um, but writing is very cathartic for me. Um, so I, I love writing for that reason and it's also something that I can do at any time for myself so um that's always nice but yeah acting is always there's something about physically letting just physically diving in and just unapologetically letting yourself feel all the emotions there's something really special about that mm -hmm. I'll have to send you the link because as you're describing that and maybe think of a speech that Dwayne Johnson gave to mm -hmm. the LA Lakers. It's floated around there, but I'll send you the actual link of it. Cause yeah. it's, he talked and during this speech, he took, I think doing all three makes you a triple threat, being able to produce mm -hmm. makes you shrewd in a good way. You know, <laughs> the, the acting, the acting and the writing it, but it gives you, Mm -hmm. a thing to always work but anyway the reason i reference in this video is he talks about his back always being up against this even though he's been mm -hmm. successful his back is always against the wall so mm -hmm. he can only go forward mm. and i thought as you were saying that that makes you a better at all a better performer or a better writer, or better person on production, whatever angle you're working, because you understand the other two processes to make right. full mm -hmm. circle. And that's why I was thinking of that video, just the way he describes it. And I'll send you the link to that YouTube video. Mm -hmm. It was pretty entertaining. So, but it's yeah. good to hear, you know, it's educational too. So, mm -hmm. I, yeah. yeah. I no, absolutely. I agree with that. And also um, some of the most talented directors are also cinematographers, you know, and also, of course, writers um, and producers. So, I mean, I feel like there are so many um, it is so beneficial to know more um, 
more aspects and more more parts of the job um, for sure. And just to be aware of that. So then you know what everyone on set is doing also, and you're more aware of that. It makes so. you better at your game. I think yeah, so. We're... Yeah, but you learn that as you go, of course. So um, yeah, for anyone who's like intimidated by that, like the more you're on set, the more you'll learn what everyone else is doing. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. so obviously, yeah. happy holidays. Happy you birthday. Too. I, Thank you. Your, your birthday's <laughs> the 19th, correct? Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So yep. you were a Christmas baby for mom and dad, so which is. I was. Thing. Yeah, right before Christmas. And I have a cousin born on the 26th, right after. So. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, it's a good time. So, well, I hope you enjoy everything and hope to talk to you again soon. You too. Thank you so much. This has been great. Hey there, Friday fans. We know how much you enjoy the movies. Enjoy grabbing your Friday merchandise and interacting with the Friday family, whether it be at conventions or during our particular watch-alongs. Well, when you're looking to get yourself masks, why not check out our friends over at Camp Blood Customs out of New York State and order your specific custom mask from any of the films. All orders are made specifically your needs and wants are. Make sure you find Camp Blood Customs on Facebook, Instagram, and all over social media and order yours today. Hey guys, Damian Leone, writer-director of Terrifier 2. You're listening to Crazy Train Radio.